Hello and welcome back to another episode of the EMG podcast. I hope you're finding them insightful so far and have enjoyed all the previous episodes. I'm back with Spencer Gore, our CEO today. Hi, Spencer. Hi, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm, uh, yeah, really good, really good. So, at the beginning of last week, I believe you were at the office attending the Financial Times Global Pharmaceutical and Biotechnology Conference. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, the FT Biotech and Pharma Conference is a media partner of ours. So, we decided to base the February issue of Gold on the content that they covered. Uh, so, yeah, next year, February. So, I was there for both days and it was super insightful. Similar or different to what you expected? And how would you compare it to the other events you've experienced before? Um, it was definitely very sophisticated, as you would expect from the FT in a venue like the Royal Lancaster. Um, it is different compared to events like Eye for Pharma and Cannes, which are the other ones that we cover, because it doesn't have that single focus on marketing and medical affairs. The Congress was more about the global life sciences industry overall, and the sessions covered topics like a new generation of gene-based therapies, China as a rising force in the industry, partnerships and collaborations, etc. So it was quite broad, but also niche at the same time, if that make, makes sense. So certainly very insightful. And I look forward to seeing what we can use for our February issue of gold. But yeah, quite different compared to other ones in a good way. And was there a key theme to this year's event, such as disruption? And if so, can you tell us a bit more about your favourite session that you attended? Yeah, yeah, there was quite a lot, which I'll, which I'll dive into in a bit more detail later on as well. But I personally definitely always enjoy the sessions that focus on patients interested the most maybe because we write about it ourselves quite a lot so I always love hearing about what other companies are doing and it always causes a bit of debate in the room as well which is great but the session on patient-centered care and patient-centered outcomes was my favorite they had people like Julie Gerberding the chief patient officer of Merck and Joanne Waltzstreicher the CMO of J&J uh, and also Christoph Beringer, the CCO of Bristol Myers Squibb, um, on the panel. So it was bound to be great. But the audience, so they did this thing where before every panel, the audience was asked a question and there was a poll going on. Um, and on the patient centricity one, they asked a question about what factors the audience think will improve patient centricity in the industry the most. And there was a close call between availability of real world evidence, something which we talk about quite a lot in gold, and corporate culture, which is quite in interesting uh, as a topic itself and something that we're going to be talking about in the uh, November issue with uh, Lode the Wolf, the CPO of Servia. So I don't want to go into too much detail and ruin it for our listeners, but the gist of it is that if you really truly want to become a patient-centered company, one of the first things that you need to question and do is be an employee-centric organization. Um, so yeah, it's really, really fascinating stuff and it'll make more sense when the experts explain it in our, in our upcoming issue. So was that your take-home message then, you think? Yes, I think so. There were there were quite a few other things uh, and quite a lot of other trends that they were covering. Um, for example, there was a lot of discussion around trends that will most transform the pharma industry in the next decade. So big data, AI, faster drug developments. There was this one uh, keynote talk about medicinal cannabis as well, uh, hmm. which, as you know, is a big, big discussion point at the moment. But actually, my favorite key takeaway, I would say, was from Mark Samuels, uh, who is the chief business and strategy officer of the Medicines Discovery Catapult. There was a discussion around what we can do to motivate R&D teams to deliver on their ambitions and do research more like entrepreneurial biotechs. And Mark said that quite simply, people don't go into science for money. People get fired up and motivated about making a difference to people's lives, which everyone agreed with. So sitting in that room where everyone agreed with that and such a 
bold statement was made was really inspiring, um, especially being surrounded by other pharma companies like that. So, yeah, a lot of takeaways, but I would say that's the one that, that stood out to me the most. I think that's true of all jobs, really. Once you hit a serv- certain level, mm-hmm. money isn't the be all and end all. You've mm-hmm. got to pay your bills, but you, you need something to motivate you, to really drive you. And that's when, you know, as a company, we talk about our BHAGs and, you know, what's the, what's exactly. the one thing that really drives you? And Absolutely. Money's very rarely that one thing. Absolutely agree. So lastly, from the pharma events you've attended recently, what advice would you give to our listeners who are planning to attend any events like this? And what's the best way of getting the, the, the most out of your day? So I think it very much depends on why you're attending the event and what you're planning to get out of it. So for farmer executives, it tends to be to network and to learn from peers and other companies, maybe even competitors. So I would say always look at the agenda, make note of what sessions you want to attend and make the most of it. I personally often find that the sessions that I think are least applicable to my job are the ones where I end up learning the most. And considering that we're talking so much in this industry about collaboration and encouraging that in the industry, it's important to show interest and learn about the other areas in the industry too. Which leads me on to my next point. Look at who the speakers are and who will be attending. Reach out to some of them and maybe even suggest a quick meeting or lunch or coffee. Even if it doesn't end up happening, it's good to get your name out there and for people to recognize you when you're there etc. One of the things that I always do before the event is I'll I'll send all of the speakers a quick LinkedIn message saying that I look forward to hearing them speak and often people will say thank you or it will start a conversation so when it comes to the day and the event and you approach them during a break there is this instant awareness and this warmness because they're familiar with you and uh, and it's much easier to start the conversations. Finally, one of my favorite things to do is live tweets. So whatever event I go to, I always have my laptop with me or my phone and I'll tweet throughout the session. um, And I find that that's the best way to engage with people who are also on Twitter or even those who are not there and can't make it. They'll often follow the event hashtag and see what's going on and what's being discussed. So, yeah, overall, I think have a think about what your purpose is there, why you're attending and then kind of plan it around that. And also for one final note, I quite embarrassingly spilled coffee on a speaker so don't do that (laughs) and quite rightly so the next day someone spilled coffee on me and then the ft started a hashtag called ft pharma karma because of that so be careful with your coffee is my last tip well at least they'll remember you yeah exactly (laughs) well one thing i'd add add to that is i was at an event yesterday and i'd looked at the agenda and i'd planned out the things i wanted to do but i think the key thing for me is always going with an open mind as well yes i ended up walking around the exhibition and and just randomly bumped into a, a company there and ended up chatting to them for half an hour. Wow. And it, it was just a, a really inspiring company. To, and I no doubt we'll do some work with them in the future as well. Absolutely. Um, so, it's, yeah, I, I wasn't, what the services they provide, I wasn't looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, you, know, you, you you meet like-minded people and sometimes you have to just go in with a bit of a blank canvas and, and see what happens. More. Absolutely. Brilliant. So, um, just one thing, yeah, we've, we've been doing these podcasts for a while now. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's listening, I think it'd be great for them to get in touch, let us know what they think. And, and what we'd really like to hear as well is, is some ideas for future topics um, that we can discuss and, and some feedback into what, what, what sort of uh, podcasts they've enjoyed us doing so we can do more of them or, or less of the ones they don't enjoy and, and yeah. hopefully cover <laughs> some more hot topics. Absolutely. At the end of the day, this podcast is for you guys. So we want to make sure that whatever it is that we're covering and the content is exactly tailored towards what it is that you want. So do get in touch and let us know what it is that you want to hear more or less of. And feel free to click on the five stars on uh, iTunes that we've just recently launched on as well. Absolutely, that'd be great. Speak to you next week. All right, bye.